Well, good morning, Gateway Church. I hope everyone is having a great start to the new year, 2023. It's amazing. Well, today we're doing something different, obviously, and I think something special at all of our campuses. I wanted to have a Sunday to kind of share a state of the church address. I'm actually out of town this week enjoying a much needed vacation as a gift from the elders and really from you. Uh, for 25 years of ministry here at Gateway. They gave me this gift a year ago last summer, 2021, but we are just now able to take it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now we rarely do a video message, so I'll try to keep this shorter than normal. And I wanna, again, thank you for watching it. Thank you in advance for watching it all the way through. And when I'm finished, one of our other leaders will wrap things up uh, there at the end. Now, Psalm 11 is our text. And if you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 11. And here's what it says. In the Lord, I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, we don't know exactly when David wrote this psalm. Many Old Testament scholars connect it to the time when Saul was chasing him in the wilderness. We read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 23. But we can't really be sure that's the context. We do know, though, from the psalm itself that it comes at a very desperate moment in David's life, a moment when his enemies seem to be closing in on him. And his friends, at least one of his friends, are encouraging him to run away. Flee like a bird, they say. And in some ways, I think that's where we find ourselves today as Christians in 2023, especially in, uh, in America. You see, the enemy is closing in and we have a choice to run or not to run. Over the past several years, we've been watching the unraveling of our culture, and specifically of Christian values in our culture at an increasing speed. And we've watched our neighbors, our friends, and even many in our own families give in to the immoral, unbiblical, and anti-Christian ideals. And these anti-Christian ideals are permeating every square inch of our nation. Now this Psalm is best known for the question in verse three. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? What a great question. And we might ask, what foundations? Now you can do your own Bible word search on this and discover that most of the time when the Bible writers talk about foundations, they're talking about the foundations of the earth. That was their perspective. But not in this passage. <clears throat> the psalmist also isn't talking about the foundations of Jerusalem or any other city, which is another common use of this term. He's also not talking about the foundations of the mountains. We see this in Psalm 18, verse seven. He's not talking about the foundations of God's throne, which is mentioned a few times in the Psalms. He's not even talking about the foundations of a house like Jesus did in Luke chapter six. So what foundations is he talking about? I'm gonna tell you, he's talking about the foundations of righteous living, the foundations of the heart these are the foundations we as parents and grandparents work hard 
to build into the hearts and minds and in the lives of our children and grandchildren. These are the foundations that we as believers build in our own hearts and build our lives on. And if these foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Like David, we have a choice. We can flee to the mountains like a scared chicken, or we can circle the wagons and pray we don't lose anyone else. We can keep doing business as usual and hope for a different result, but you know the definition of insanity. Or we can take a different approach. And David the psalmist, and David your lead pastor, suggests a different approach. And here it is. Number one, stand firm and fight. Take refuge in the Lord. David is implying that there's no way he's going to flee to the mountains. Instead, he's going to stay put and take refuge in the Lord. If he can't help us, if the Lord can't help us, nobody can. Running won't help. So we have to stand up and fight for our people, for our children, for our grandchildren. For many decades, we thought we were winning this war. We built great churches across America, large churches. We transformed children's ministry and student ministry into programs that parents actually use as a deciding factor in whether or not they'll attend a certain church. We transformed our worship to keep up with the, with the times, to sing not just about God, but to God. We fitted our buildings and our lobbies to include cafes and TV screens and information hubs. And all these things are good. Don't hear what I'm not saying. They're good. But we've dropped the ball on the spiritual training of our people. We're losing our kids to the enemy, to an atheistic and agnostic mentality at a rate of 70%. And those are the good kids. Some of them may say, well, I'm not an atheist or I'm not an agnostic. I just don't go to church anymore. I like Jesus. I just don't like the church. But then Jesus might reply to you and say, if you don't love my bride, then you don't really love me. Look, the church is a family and we want you in it. We need you in it. We need you to be an active part of it. And the church is a hospital and we want to bring in the sick. The church is also an army and we want to always be ready to fight. Secondly, our strategy includes that we prepare to engage. You see, the Lord's army is not a peacetime army. The psalmist reminds us that the arrow is already put to the bow. The wicked are striking on every side. God's word, God's people, and God's truth are under assault and attack. And we're not asking you just to show up on Sunday and expect that showing up will win the battle. We're asking you to show up, to get trained up, to pray up, and go out to engage the enemy. I believe the devil used the COVID pandemic to get people to stop showing up. And listen, if you don't show up, you're probably not going to stand up and engage the enemy. Now, in recent years, our Supreme Court legalized homosexual marriage in all 50 states. Now, this didn't surprise any of us those of us especially who've been watching the moral decay of our, of our culture, but it is disappointing. And to be honest, the speed at which we got here is a little shocking. When things start going downhill, they pick up speed along the way, don't they? And that's what's been happening in our country of our moral decay. In response to that ruling though, a group of evangelical leaders issued a statement called, Here We Stand, an Evangelical Declaration on Marriage. 
And the statement begins with these words. As evangelical Christians, we dissent from the court's ruling that redefines marriage. The state did not create the family and should not try to recreate the family in its own image. We will not capitulate on marriage because biblical authority requires that we cannot. And I want you to know that we as a Gateway Christian Church firmly agree with that declaration. And this is something we'll talk about later on in the new year. Now, the final part of our strategy, number three, is to trust in the Lord. I love the way David finishes this psalm. He does so with complete confidence in an omniscient and omnipotent God. Here's what he says. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked of fire and sulfur and a scorching wind. They shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Now I want you to see two things from this part of the psalm. First, it's a test. It is a test. Verse 5 says that the Lord tests us. This is a test. They're trying to destroy the foundations of our Christian values. They're trying to destroy biblical marriages and families. Their tactics go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. They're trying to undermine the truth of what we believe, what God says. <clears throat> so what are we going to do? It's a test. To pass the test, we can't run. We can't do business as usual. We have to stand firm and fight. We have to prepare to engage the enemy. We have to dig deeper. Secondly, I want you to see from this part of the passage that we can win. We, victory is already ours. Why? Because we have a God who loves righteousness and who hates evil and violence. And he will deal with that once and for all on that final day. We have a commander who sits on his throne in heaven, who sees all and tests all. We have a God who will judge the living and the dead. In an image of sulfur and fire that reminds us of Sodom and Gomorrah, God promises to wipe every evil smirk off the faces of the wicked. He, God, will have the final say. On the cross at Calvary, Jesus declared and claimed victory over Satan and over evil. We studied this last summer, if you'll remember, in our Themes of Revelation series. We win in the end, and the whole Bible points in that direction. Now, I don't know about you, but when I breathe my last breath, I want to be on God's side. And every second between now and then, through Jesus Christ, we can win this battle with our children and grandchildren, with our church, because Jesus has won the war. Now, I don't want this message to be all doom and gloom. But I also don't want to paint a picture that gives you the idea that all is well and we can continue to do business as usual and let our guard down. No, look, the enemy is not just at the gate. He's in the city. And I want you who are a part of Gateway Christian Church to know that although the battle may be hot and heavy around us, we have God on our side. And so we're going to stand up and we're going to fight. We're going to engage the enemy in our culture and in our families. We're going to firm up the foundations so that they're not destroyed. So I want to talk about some strategies. 
In 2022, our evangelistic strategy was pray for one, to build a bridge to bring our one to Jesus, one by one. Now that's still in effect. Keep praying for one. That's our outreach. And this year, we're launching a new strategy in discipleship, a discipleship strategy. We're calling it Foundations. In 2023, we're going to dig deeper. We're going to build or rebuild or shore up the foundations of our heart, the foundations of God's word in our lives and our Christian values. And here's how we're going to do it. Every month, we will teach and train in a new topic, a topic which we believe is foundational to our belief in God and to our core values of living out our faith in this anti-Christian culture. Here are those topics. In January, we'll talk about God. In February, creation. In March, life. In April, humanity. In May, marriage. In June, we'll talk about the Bible. In July, we'll talk about science and the Bible. In August, we'll talk about the purpose of evil, pain, and suffering. In September, we'll talk about Jesus. In October, we'll talk about Christianity and why it's true. In November, we'll talk about heaven and we'll end the year in December talking about the gospel and why it's for everybody. Look, our culture is pushing hard against us, especially against our younger generations. So these foundations topics and this training will be taught at every age level. In fact, our children's ministry teams have already begun introducing the first topic in their uh, Sunday school classes. We have a prepped and primed time every Sunday morning and on Wednesday evenings. Worksheets, coloring sheets, lesson time, and other activities. And if, you, if you're a parent or grandparent, you want more information, talk to your children's ministry staff to learn more about uh, how this is being handled on their level. At the adult level, we will have the topics in at least three ways. <clears throat> Every last Sunday of the month for the whole year will be called Foundations Sunday. We'll have a sermon when we'll cover the topic in the morning message. Secondly, every last Sunday evening when we'll do the sermon in the morning, we're going to have a special training session in which we dig deeper into not just the topic, <clears throat> but also how we can engage the culture with the topic. We'll learn how we can teach our children and our students and our small groups how to engage the culture. And we want parents, grandparents, small group leaders to show up every Sunday evening. Now, the week of Foundation Sunday, which is the last Sunday of the month, our small groups will also dig deeper into this topic. And we'll be encouraging Bible memorization and prayer times to enhance our training. And finally, our student ministries We'll have a message on Foundation Sunday to coincide with the topic of the month. And they will also be discussing those things in uh, the following small group gatherings. Listen, if you want more information, you can visit our church website. Under the ministries tab, we have a foundations page where you can see all the topics and access other information, resources, blogs. You can ask questions, you can watch the message, get the message outline. Now listen, I hope you'll jump into this with us with both feet. Let's keep our faith strong. Let's keep the faith of our families and our children strong, strong enough to weather the flaming arrows of the enemy 
and the storms that are coming in light of the turbulent events of the last few years and really the last few decades, the state of Gateway Christian Church is strong. Our passion is still strong. Our services are vibrant. <clears throat> Our people are in, uh, eager to study and to serve. And I think each campus has a bright future ahead. Gateway Beckley, where are you? I commend you for standing tall and strong at the Raleigh County Convention Center. I know it's not easy to have rented facilities, but you're, you're staying strong and you're serving your community. And I wanna thank you for enduring Russ's basketball stories every week. Hey, go Tigers, and that's Shady Tigers. Gateway Marmette, we're going live on Easter Sunday morning in about 11 weeks. So get ready to impact your community with the love of Jesus. Dennis is gonna lead the way. I am so excited about what's gonna happen in Marmette. Gateway Taze Valley, thank you for being uh, patient in our search for a new campus minister to lead the charge with you. Thank you for staying with us, for sticking it out, and for stepping up to serve. Luke and Aubrey uh, picking up the slack. You are really leading the way for our church in so many areas. I am excited to see the progress on the student ministry modular. Can't wait to see when it's finished. We have big plans at our Taze Valley campus. And Gateway St. Albans, thank you for being the really the anchor for our church. Behind Joel's leadership, you continue to set the standard in excellence in ministry and serving events and so many good things happening here, small groups. And to each campus, to everyone, let's be ready to stand firm and fight. Let's be ready to engage the enemy. Let's put Jesus at the center of it all as we dig deeper into his word and we trust him for the journey. Gateway Church, I just wanna say thank you. We are really setting a standard in this state and in our region uh, to be a healthy church. Thank you for uh, believing in what we're doing and investing in what we're doing. We want a strong church. We have a strong church. We need strong people. We need everyone to dig deeper, to lay the foundation so that we can stand tall for the Lord. God bless you and have a great week. Maybe get you a good nap today too. Might be the most spiritual thing you do to get ready for this week and this new year.